Welcome into Locked On Phillies today, a crossover episode as the Phillies get ready to take on the Texas Rangers. We cross over with Locked On Rangers and Bryce Pateric. All of that in a great episode of Locked On Phillies coming up next. You are Locked On Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's episode 586 of the Locked On Texas Rangers podcast. On today's show, I have Connor Thomas here from Locked On Phillies. We're going to talk about how the Phillies are doing, a little bit about that Kyle trade from last year, and how the Rangers are doing as well. It's all that and more on this crossover edition of Locked On Rangers and Locked On Phillies. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on the Texas Rangers and locked on to the Philadelphia Phillies. I'm your locked on Rangers host, Bryce Paddock, chronically addicted to Texas Rangers baseball since 2010. Joining me on today's show is Connor Thomas, host of the Locked On Phillies podcast. Thank you guys so much for making Locked On Rangers and Locked On Phillies your first listen every single day. Go ahead, if you're not already, follow me on Twitter at Bryce Paddock. Follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Follow Connor Thomas at Connor Thomas975. Follow Locked On Phillies at Locked on Phillies? L-O it's Philly? at L-O underscore Phillies. We got the nice underscore in there. Oh, you got one of them yeah. One of them underscores. And if you're not already, go ahead and subscribe to both of our shows on YouTube. where We are free and available every single day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. My gosh, that was a lot to get through all at once. But Connor, thanks for coming on the show. And uh, how are you doing, man? No problem, Bryce. I appreciate you having me. I'm doing great. A nice off day for the Phils right now as they get geared up to face off against your Texas Rangers. And the off day, uh, I'm starting to love with how long the season is and covering this team. It gives me a chance to collect my thoughts on what's been kind of a whirlwind start to the season in the first month of Philadelphia Phillies baseball. Yeah, uh, it's most definitely been a, a big, wild whirlwind. And, you know, we have not done a crossover episode, episode you and I, and since I have been the only Locked On Raiders host, we have done only one crossover episode before with the Locked On Phillies, because there's not a whole lot of crossover. I mean, ever since, I was about to say the Cliff Lee trade. No. <laughs> Too soon on that Cliff Lee nonsense. But since the Cole Hamels trade, there hasn't been a whole lot of reason for crossover, except for that Kyle Gibson trade. But, uh... Yeah, Kyle Gibson, let's let's start there. It seems like he's been having a really, really great start to the season. He's second on your team in uh, baseball reference war at .7 behind, of course, JT Realmuto. How has he been to start this season? I know it was a little rough back at the back end of last year, but it's looking like he's kind of turned that around this year. Yeah, Kyle Gibson's been great. He had a great first start of the year where he threw uh, shutout baseball until he was removed. Uh, he's been a strikeout machine, which is like something – you saw glimpses of last year when he came over post trade deadline, but not really what he is as a like naturally as a pitcher. So it's nice to see him upping those numbers. The issue is I don't know how sustainable it is. He's you know he's going to be a solid arm that you get, but he is near the back end of his career. I wonder 
how the innings are going to affect him as we get later into the season. But that's all down the road. What we're talking about right now is, yeah, Kyle Gibson, you could make an argument that he's been the best pitcher on this team in the start of the Phillies 2022 season. And with Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola on the roster and Ranger Suarez coming off the year he did, no one saw it. So a nice little added bonus to help keep this team afloat while they were uh, kind of slogging through the first five series of the year. Yeah, this is definitely going to be an offense first team and and the pitching that you get is most I mean you've got the the Cy Young contender there. You've also got, you know, uh the other the other guys, uh you know, Aaron Noah and uh Zach Wheeler by Cy Young contender. Of course, I'm talking about Kyle Gibson, but he's a guy who uh <laughs> he he's kind of the epitome of what the Rangers have done really well or did really well during their rebuild. I guess they're still technically kind of rebuilding and taking a guy, you know, 28 to like 32 who has shown some promise before and taking him who's not been that great, been like mediocre to average pitcher and turning him into a really great pitcher. And so I kind of felt you on the Kyle Gibson, the first, the back half of his 2020 season, when no one was paying attention because the Rangers were in the tank in a 60 game season, he was starting mm-hmm. to turn things around. And then that 2021 is when he became an all-star and looked really good in the form. And as for if it can hold up, well, I don't know. It, it seems like it. And uh, you know what can hold up, it seems like is going to be this Phillies offense. This might be the weirdest team in baseball, which I absolutely love. Defensively, you've got like what seven DHs. I mean, you heard. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, the NL teams get DH, and the Phillies are like, bet we're gonna get a lot of them. How is this All team's? How is this team's defense been to start the season? Because it it looked like a mess to start, and uh, I don't know if it's still if it actually is. You know, it really hasn't. Shockingly, they haven't been that bad. It's not really a thing where their defense is going to be terrible i think that kind of got oversold because of how good their offense is and what some of the numbers are like kyle schwarber and nick castellanos were brought in as great bats not really great defenders but outfield in major league baseball they're not going to be dropping fly balls i feel like when people hear oh they're bad defensively they think well the ball's going to hit them in the palm of their glove like a t-ball or it's just going <laughs> to fall to the ground like they have a little bit less coverage but it's a, it's less noticeable from an outfield player they just don't have the range that you'd expect from corner outfielders in major league baseball uh, and then the other issue was alec Bum, which he was a little bit of the just fielding i don't want to call him yips but he had a, a hiccup going on early in the season. He had a game against the Mets where he had three errors. He got caught on camera. I'm sure you saw it of him saying he hates Philadelphia with an expletive sprinkled in there. And really since then, he's been solid defensively. He's another one of those guys that's not incredible, nothing special defensively and probably never will be. But he's been serviceable. And then the rest of the team has actually picked it up. Center feels better now with Adubal Herrera there. Shortstop with Johan Camargo taking a lot of the time has been great defensively. And the other uh, defensive players are solid. So, so far, it hasn't really hurt them as much as it seemed like it would this offseason. Well, that's interesting. Uh, I was actually looking at my phone to see which, trying to figure out, because I have the meme saved of, like, I don't want to F&B here. Because it's a great reaction meme for a lot of things in baseball. And, uh, you know, defensively, he's he's improved. But offensively, I, I know last year was a bit of a struggle for him. But this year, it seems like he's turned it on quite nicely. Yeah, absolutely. Here's exactly what happened last year. You could see it if you were uh, keeping an eye on the Philadelphia Phillies and just less watching the stats and more watching the mannerisms. Defensively, Alec Bohm had a terrible year. And what happened was he let it compound into his at-bats. You see it all the time, like especially at lower levels of baseball because the pros are consummate professionals. They're a lot mentally tougher than your average high school or college player. But you see it at lower levels of baseball where you make an error in the field and you come up and you have a terrible strikeout because you're giving it bad away because you're still thinking about what you did in the field. It got so bad for Bowman in the field last year that it compounded to the plate. 
he just had no chance at major league pitching whatsoever, which is not what we saw when he was the runner up for NL or NL Young, NL Rookie of the Year award in 2020, and it led to him getting sent down. This year, the defense didn't really affect his offense when he struggled at the start, and he's just been tearing the cover off the ball from opening day. Well, that's definitely exciting to hear. And, uh, you know, some of the other bats have, t- have taken a little while to, to get going. But this this pitching staff, uh, uh, you got you got some interesting names on here. Three guys who I feel like are really good, if not all-star level. Aaron Noah is, is solid, been really good for a lot of years. Kyle Gibson, Zach Wheeler is obviously, you know, not great to start the season. But the guy that I want to ask you about is Ranger Suarez, who was – one of the most confounding pitchers in baseball last year had an incredible year. Like I was not a guy that I knew very much about. And every time it felt like I turned on a Phillies game, I ended up seeing Ranger Suarez just absolutely dealing. What is his deal? Is he a starter? Is he a reliever? Is he good? Is like, what, what is the deal with Ranger Suarez? And if he's good, do the Rangers have dibs because they are named the Rangers? (laughs) I don't think you do get dibs, but he is good. I feel very comfortable in saying he's a good pitcher at the major league level at this point. So he came up originally as a reliever. He didn't have a lot of success in the Phillies bullpen. He was part of those 2019-2020 Phillies bullpens that were some of the worst in the history of the game of baseball. And then all of a sudden there's an opening at starter. They had used him as kind of a spot start guy. And something looked good near the end of 2020 where he had a starter too, where you're like, okay, this guy could be a major league starter. And then he was forced into the rotation partway through 2021 and just took it and ran with it. Ended up with a one three six ERA, unbelievable. The only issue with Ranger Suarez is he set the bar so high that he's almost guaranteed to underachieve and undersell that bar in 2022. Like, I don't know how you can one-up that season. And it's kind of what we've seen. It's a regression from a very young player still. So he's going to naturally have growing pains now that, like, like you're asking me about, well, this is exactly what all Major League Baseball teams did coming into series so far this year and will continue to do. What's the deal with this Ranger Suarez guy? Why do you have a one three six last year? How can we make sure he doesn't hurt us? So he's going to fall apart based on that. But also, he was one of the players that issues offseason with the visa trouble that MLB players were having getting back into the country for spring training, especially on such a short notice. So he was a little bit behind on his offseason throwing program because of that. And I think that'll lead them just having a little bit of a slower start, which is what we've seen. Yeah, I mean, that that offseason, all of that lockout and just complete whiplash of there's no season, there's going to be no season, there's going to be no baseball at all in 2022 to, oh my gosh, go, 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 go. It messed up a whole, whole lot yeah. of things that we are seeing. And uh, we're going to get into uh, some of the things that it affected on the Rangers, how this team is doing, and a little bit more closer look at this series. Some of those also brought to you by Bet Online. You know, Connor, are, are you a betting man? Are you, are you wanting to bet on some sports? Absolutely. I love sports betting. Well, uh, you know, they've got, they've got all kinds of lines and odds. They've got NBA odds. I know both of our NBA teams are, are still in the playoffs. And, uh, well, I don't know if that's going to last another round uh, for either of us. But if, if you're feeling good about betting on the Philadelphia 76ers, which is uh, a scary prospect, but a very fun one, if you're feeling good about betting on the Mavericks against Chris Paul and the Suns, then you can go to betonline.net. They've got all your sports betting information and the best place to bet on all your sports. Bet online. It's where the game starts. 
Thank See, you so I much. love that online, but why you gotta get? We gotta get into the Sixers. This is my safe non-Sixers, non-Joel Embiid's hurt space. <laughs> my my ad reads for Bet Online are my one to- time to talk basketball on my baseball I podcast, and uh, I apologize for entering I into your. I didn't. I didn't say the name of the guy who is not on the Phillies anymore or on the 76ers anymore. So I felt like I wasn't crossing any lines there. It yeah, is. Nice. I can't understand your trepidation though, because. Playoff basketball is scary, but, you know, bet online makes it more comfortable. But, you know, thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers and Locked On Phillies your first listens every single day. Now, for your second listen, go ahead and make that the Locked On Now podcast. You got recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local exports, ex- exports, experts, including Connor and I. We will be in there talking about what's happening with the Rangers and Phillies. You know, they've got recaps of MLB games, analysis from us, t- taking fans through the season like no other network. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Bryce. Well, it's my turn to put you in the hot seat now as we get into a little bit of Texas Rangers baseball. And I was telling you, I was bidding to you before we got in here as we were talking a little bit of show prep for this episode. The Rangers are kind of in a dead zone for me, and I feel like they are for a lot of Philadelphia Phillies fans. We don't see you guys that often. It's rare, all, all due respect. But since you guys are making those deep playoff runs uh, a couple years back, it's kind of been a drop-off of information that you get. The One of the biggest things I knew before you made – some signings this offseason is that you guys got a shiny brand new stadium down there. But then you go ahead and the Texas Raiders jump to the forefront of MLB free agency early in this past offseason, going ahead, getting Marcus Simeon, going ahead and getting Corey Seager, throwing the bag at those two guys. Yeah. How have they been performing so far? Is that a, a worry that the Philadelphia Phillies should have, or have they kind of underperformed what you guys brought them in to do? Well, Everyone kind of underperformed for the first week of the season. The first the first game, uh, I got way too big for my britches because I forgot what it's like to cheer for a team that doesn't suck so completely at baseball. Like, people forget what that the Rangers were, you know, postseason contenders are in the postseason from 2010, 2016, a really wide contention window. Uh, in my selective memory, I have written them as the 2011 World Series champions, but everyone else remembers it differently than I do. Um, but this is a really good team for a long time. And for the last couple of years, the end of Adrian Beltre's career from 2017 and 18, they were rough. They were kind of feisty the first half of 2019. And uh, 2020, they thought of themselves as contenders in the first half. And then the Grand Slam unwritten rule fiasco like literally ended their season. Those those four straight grand slams started off an absolute train wreck of the end of the season. Cause all it takes, all it took was a bad month in 2020 to get you out of those 87 playoff spots. And then this year, the rain or this past year, the Rangers had their first hundred loss season since the 1970s. It was awful. It was humiliating. My one true love, Joey, my one true baseball love, I should say, Joey Gallup was traded in the back half of the season. And I was in a dark depressive spiral, but Thank God for that $500 billion checkbook from Bob Simpson and Ray Davis signing these big guys. But Marcus Simeon, it's been a really rough start to the season for him. He's got an OPS under 500 at this point. There have been signs of life. He's even had it bleed into his defense on a couple of just complete miscues. Last year, he had basically the best season any second baseman's ever had. He set a record for most home runs, the primary second baseman. He also won a gold glove in his first primary season there. Starting to see a little bit of regression there. Now he has secured the bag for the first time in his career. A little bit of pressure of that. I think he'll come out of it. Corey Seager has three home runs in his last four games. He is heating up. The numbers didn't look great for the start, so the overall numbers don't look super encouraging. But he's been making hard contact and walking and everything. So, like, there are some big, some big numbers there. And Mitch Garver 
people forget about Mitch Garver. He was one of the best offensive catchers in baseball when he's healthy. He has had some ups and downs. That dude's bat is loud. And uh, we're also going to see, finally, John Gray, who is signed to a big deal, has had two starts and two IL stints so far. I'm hoping there won't be a third IL stint after this start, um, but we, we will see. It has been a mixed bag for the Rangers this season, coming off winning two out of three against the defending world champs, uh, Braves. You're welcome, NL East fans, specifically Phillies fans. But yeah, that is a long-winded way of saying what the heck's going on with this baseball team. I got you. So I also kind of want the view of what kind of team is coming in here, like what the goal for the season is for the Rangers, because that could tell us a little bit about our opponent as Philadelphia Phillies fans. So what is this team? Are you guys in the early stages of a rebuild? Did you jump a couple steps by signing some big names this offseason? How close are the Rangers to contention and where exactly are the expectations for this uh, team from your fan base for the 2022 season? So. The Rangers definitely did jumpstart their rebuild. Like I said, they hadn't had a 100-loss season since the 70s. They've done a pretty good job of like of supercharging this rebuild. Trading Joey Gallo is looking like an absolute steal. Not that Joey Gallo isn't the greatest baseball player to ever live, in my totally unbiased opinion. But the prospects they got back are looking great. Uh, Josh Smith is nearly broke camp with the Rangers. Ezekiel Duran looks great in AA. But they are trying to get this rebuild done fast because it came at a terrible time. 2020 was supposed to be the Rangers' year. They just traded, had just traded for what ended up being an inning of Corey Kluber. And they're going to have the bright, shiny new stadium. But, you know, uh, pandemic happened. So that wasn't great. And their first year fully open to the public. Uh, Yeah, that was awful. 100 lost season. So Rangers ownership said, this is a big market. This is a team with expectations and has done well. We need to get this rebuild done fast so they spent big again people want to talk a lot of crap about oh they spent 500 million dollars their payroll was basically nothing so it's over the course of 10 years so it's not like this ridiculous payroll but this year going for average going for 500 crawl out of that hole of being terrible learn how to scrap learn how to be decent but next year the pressure is going to be on because those two big guys they're in their primes and you cannot afford to waste the prime the best years of those big long contracts so long story short rangers aren't going to contend this year but my goal for them personally is in the last month of the season for them not to be mathematically eliminated and still be a little feisty and have some kind of puncher's chance gotcha well over the next couple of days unfortunately it is our goal to make sure that that's not a reality but the good news is at least you can fall back your stadium made it to the world series in 2020 so that's yep. uh, that's a little <laughs> something to hold on to there uh, and local but- kid clayton kershaw won his first world series there and now rangers great uh cory seager has won a world series in arlington not with the rangers but he has won a world series at arlington like one one to two percent credit from that one maybe a little bit hang <laughs> like a picture in the trophy case where but, uh, but no, I'm uh, just giving you a hard time. No, that's it's a very interesting setup with the contracts as well. I'm glad you brought that up because something that Philadelphia Phillies fans had to struggle with for a little bit before Bryce Harper obviously came on and won the NL MVP last year. There are some points in his first couple seasons with the ball club where you look at the $330 million deal that he got and see that price tag and are so worried about production without realizing it's spread out over the course of um, a decade plus 
So I can tell you that? why I can tell you why he struggled in those early years. It's because he's spelling his dang name wrong. It's pretty oh, embarrassing okay. for him, but you know, he's got to switch to the I like you do the B R I C. He's been. I'll let him know next time. He's been it. making me fight an uphill battle for how to spell my own dang name for years now. There was no famous prizes until him, and now everyone thinks that you're supposed to spell that name with a Y. Curse you, Bryce is... Harper. <laughs> that is unfortunate. But what is the fan base's feel towards your two new superstars? Uh, are they given a little bit of leeway considering we're early into the season? Or has the Rangers fan base been kind of ravenous with, like, they need to perform right off the bat for us to see the dividends of the money we're paying them? Well, the good news about coming off of being in a rebuild in a 100-loss season and a pandemic-shortened, terrible season is that uh, the Rangers have already been pretty de- Rangers fans have already been pretty dead inside for uh, quite a while. So, you know, what's what's one more, you know, bad month? You know, what what's one more bad month? But you no, know, just seeing someone bright and shiny like Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon we're like, "You know what? You're flashy, you're pretty, you hit baseballs really hard occasionally. Um, we'll live with it." But yeah, it it Nobody's really turned, and nobody, I should say, of the rational fans that I follow and listen to has really turned on either of those guys. I mean, Corey Seager just hit three home runs in four games, mm-hmm. and he's tied with Adolis Garcia, who is an absolute, like, out-of-nowhere breakout star who the Rangers got for, I believe, $250,000 that they paid uh, the Cardinals for him and ended mm-hmm. up being an all-star last year and is looking like he might actually be legit this year, which would be huge bonus for the rangers fans and for rangers but yeah no nobody is we're panicked a little bit because of how bad the start of the season was and how unlucky it felt like they were getting but no one's like ugh, these stupid guys with their big old contracts it's like you know what whatever at least they've got someone with a big contract and it shows that the rangers ownership does care about winning I got you. And real quick before we move on to our final segment, I just want to also ask you about the pitching staff because some of these names might be a little bit unknown to the Philadelphia Phillies. We're familiar with John Gray, but of course he's coming off another IL step. But you got Dane Dunning, Martin Perez, Taylor Hearn, Glenn Otto. These aren't exactly Clayton Kershaw, Justin Verlander, Walker Bueller coming at you. But uh, some numbers that look interesting, intriguing out of those guys to start the year. How potent is the starting rotation and what should the Phillies look out for in this upcoming series? This is a wait-and-see year for the Rangers' rotation. John Gray is supposed to be their their guy. He was their opening day starter, and I felt really good about it. Uh, Martin Perez is back with the Rangers, who came up with Texas as a highly touted prospect and had bounced around and not quite filled up to those uh, expectations. But he's looked really great in his last couple of starts, had a, a perfect game going through, I believe, six innings. Dang Dunning is coming off his best start. He was the primary return in the Lance Lynn trade, uh, a former guy drafted out of Florida. Um, Taylor Hearn is a kid that I absolutely love. Had the worst start to his MLB career that you could possibly have. A third of an inning ended it with a 188 ERA in a season-ending injury and came back, was in the bullpen, worked himself to a multi-inning guy, made the rotation, is from the local area, really interesting kid with a lot of great stuff. Um, Otto, I don't think is going to be in this rotation much longer, but the guy who was supposed to be in that spot and is now optioned is Spencer Howard. And so the Rangers are in the exact same situation where the Phillies were of, is this guy a starter? Is he not? I saw him in person in the first game I've ever been to at this new stadium. And for one inning, he looked really great. He literally just threw fastball cutter, though. He had an opener. And, uh, yeah, he got, he's been bit by the home run and uh, I don't know. I am, I'm very upset that the Rangers had to attach a prospect that I loved in that deal 
and also give up Kyle Gibbs. And it's looking like uh, that that was it. That was all the Rangers got. And uh, I want a refund because I love my tall Kyle Gibson. And uh, he was really great in the clubhouse. Like young pitchers loved him. But I didn't think the Rangers were going to spend $500 million. If I knew that, I would have said, don't you freaking trade him. Just keep him yeah. here with a lot of the trades the Rangers make la- made last year. It's like, well, if you're going to do that, then what wh- what'd you send him off for? We liked him. What are you doing? I, to- I totally know what you mean. This episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Summer is coming. And with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on your family vacations, down the shore, wherever you want to go around here. You know, going down the Jersey Shore is awesome, and you can take Built Bars with you to make your trip even better. Throw them in your bags. Throw them in your kids' backpacks. Whatever way you need to get them down there, make sure that everyone has a bar so you're fueled and ready for your summer adventures. The best part about the Built Bars is they're healthy and delicious. Most of the bars are just healthy, and they taste eh. You don't really like eating them. You eat them because you have to. Not Built Bar. They're awesome. Listen to some of these numbers on the calories. 130 per bar, that's nothing. And you get 17 grams of protein with it. Plus, there's great flavors. Banana cream pie, churro. Oh, man, who doesn't like a good churro? That's a great summer treat down the boardwalk, something like that. All of that is great. So go to Built.com, check it out, see all your favorite flavors, and pick Mix and match, decide which ones you want to add to your summer workout diet because not only do Built Bars taste great, but they are great for you. So I want you to go to Built.com, check everything out, and see the new flavors that are coming out all the time. And when you go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ugh. I I'm still not over giving up Hans Kraus in that deal. Like that is a guy who I don't know how much Phillies fans know about like him and his past and whatever, but that is a guy who I love because he has that ace mentality that you cannot teach. The guy who is like, you know, nice, charming, personable, affable dude off the field. But once he gets steps on a mound, that dude turns psychotic. He wants to kill every single hitter in the box. He has these funk. I don't know if he's still doing them, but he had these like funky Johnny Cueto like weird like stop and start, just all kinds of funk, different deliveries. He had all kinds of nasty stuff, really ridiculous fastball. Kind of fell off after some injuries and a slider that was disgusting. And he kind of worked himself back into being a legit prospect after kind of falling off the map. And so he had like just started to earn that value back when the Rangers included him in that deal. And I'm like, N- no, no, you, you give us prospect. You give, <laughs> you give us prospect. We bad. We, we get prospect. And, uh, it's looking like I'm every day. I'm going to get more upset. What has he been up to this year? I don't think I've seen him in a big league game, but he did make his big league debut. And like, that's something no one can take away from him. And something I wasn't sure was going to happen a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah, so he got a chance to get a spot start last year down the back end when the Phillies needed to bring somebody up uh, because they were having issues with injuries in the rotation. They needed, like, every four days they were bringing up someone to spot start. Unfortunately, his first at bat in the majors, I believe his first pitch in the majors was hitting the right field seats at Citizens Bank Park for a home run. But I got a funny story for you, actually, about Hans Kraus. There's a bit of a personal connection there. Oh, really? I played college baseball down at Washington College in Maryland. My college catcher, after I graduated, he was two years below me. He converted the pitcher. He ended up getting uh, signed, and he ended up being a minor league teammate of Hans Krause's in the Rangers system. Wes Robertson. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Oh, with the name. Yeah. yeah, I've heard the name. So yeah, Wes was my college catcher. 
Wes and I are tight. We talk all the time. And it's wild. He caught the best game I ever pitched in college. And then all of a sudden I turn around. I'm like, wait, you're 10 times a better pitcher than I ever was. I <laughs> so he got rule five picked up by the Cincinnati Reds. He's now in the Baltimore Orioles uh, system. But him and Hans were very, very good friends. I've had a chance to DM with Hans a little bit through Wes to set me up and I've talked to him. And listen, He's a great guy, but he certainly is absolutely weird. He's absolutely wild when it comes to baseball. As much as he is a great guy to talk to and he's fun to talk to, he's still that same guy, even though he's down in the minors uh, working with Lehigh. He's got those weird quirks and everything, and I do think he's going to get an opportunity at some point with this Phillies bullpen, whether it be this year, whether it be next year. I don't think his time in the majors is done. I don't think it will be as a starter. But I think as a long reliever at some point, especially with the Phillies bullpen record, he'll have a chance to get another look at major league, uh, major league appearance. Yeah, if he can find anywhere near that velo, because it wasn't just the velo, it was the movement on that fastball. The slider was just disgusting. If he can find those two pitches back to where he was, the Rangers tried to make him pitch through some like bone spurs, and that just completely derailed everything which is just very upsetting in hindsight because him reaching like his like 75th or like 90th percentile would be just a really really nasty pitcher who is also a weirdo and a lot of fun but um let's look at this series a little bit we got the pitching matchup of john gray versus ranger suarez on tuesday and then we have the aces martin perez and Zach Wheeler going on Wednesday. What are your expectations for this series? You hoping for a sweep, a beatdown, an absolute demolishing, or are you like, ah, oh, these these Rangers just took two, two out of three against the world champs. So what what hope do we have? So respect to the Rangers, and I'm not writing you guys off at all. I hope you guys have a great year because we were talking, you mentioned that you enjoy watching the Phillies as kind of an unbiased third party. I feel the same way about the Rangers. I enjoyed the runs that they made. Unfortunately, you're the victims of some uh, some rough luck in some of those playoff runs, but yep. I don't have any ill will towards the teams, but this has got to be two for the Phillies. They've gone, they see the New York Mets a lot early in the season. And you need to take as many games as you can before DeGrom comes back from them to have a chance to catch up to them in the division. The Mets already building a lead being in first place in the NL East. So got to take two here. It's winnable games. Uh, it's interleague play. So it's a team that doesn't really know your staff all that well. And even though you have a, uh, a highly talented lineup, a lot of these guys are not going to be familiar to the Rangers as much as guys they would see a lot in the AL. So an opportunity to take two, and you have two good pitchers going. Rangers Suarez needs a bounce-back performance. He's due for one of those go out and just shove and look unhittable performances that we saw every day he pitched last year. And, of course, you know what you're getting from Zach Wheeler. And this is about the time of the year, about uh, four starts in, where you start to, I think, see him settle in because he had a short spring training with a little bit of a shoulder issue. Then he had some flu-like symptoms that uh, cut down his throwing program as well. So you're seeing two pitchers that I think had a slow start, and this is right about the time of year where you'd expect them to start rounding into form. So I want two games, man. How are you feeling about the Rangers' chances? Well, they're coming off literally their two best wins of the season. Like, coming off – it's amazing how different I feel about this team when I I saw them in person for the first time. I also saw a shout-out Lindsey Crosby on Friday night who was at the Rangers game. Um, We got to talk baseball for a little bit, and the Rangers look like absolute trash 
Um, thanks, Spencer Howard, for uh, making that look even worse. Could have made He's it look some a lot peanut better. butter sandwiches, man. That's what he said up here. Are you familiar with that story? I am not. Tell what? What about peanut butter sandwiches? <laughs> he would go like only two or three innings. The Philadelphia media was growing him, and it looked like his velocity majorly dropped one day. And they're like, "What do you attribute that to?" It was like, "Well, I was just fatigued, so I had to eat a peanut butter sandwich." And of course, <laughs> Philadelphia media ran with that one. <laughs> And it was like, yeah, so just get him some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and see if maybe that'll help him out. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, like I feel completely different. Literally, they're two best friends of the season. I'm also really mad at my team right now because uh, Willie Calhoun was just optioned, even though his advanced numbers have all been really great. The regular numbers have not looked have not looked good but like he's walking at an elite rate and like one of the best at not swinging and missing and not chasing out of the zone in baseball he's making hard contact and they're like yeah let's just option him even though Cole Calhoun's sitting there sucking terribly as a 34 year old Brad Miller had a great start this season and uh has completely fallen off a cliff um I'm I I really liked the signing at the time but I'm mad at him because of what the Rangers decided to do with Willie Calhoun and it's looking like Willie wants to trade badly and the Rangers are like, well, I don't know. So, um, I don't know. Rangers are in a weird spot right now, but I, I would like to at least claw a split out. Um, maybe Ranger Suarez can save that bounce back performance until next time. Or Zach Wheeler. Yeah, that's the game. Yeah. Uh, that definitely seems like the game having John Gray back on the mound and hopefully healthy. Just like go five innings. Just like, I don't know. Go, go four innings. Go three. I don't care. Just like don't go on the IL after this start. Maybe uh, Corey Seager can uh, launch a big old bomb, and maybe Marcus Simeon can hit his first home run of the season. The man is due. Please yeah, yeah. fix the baseballs and then give a bouncy one to Marcus Simeon and let him smack that thing all the way out of here because that dude needs a homer in a bad, bad way. But yeah, hoping for yeah. one out of two. Uh, not. By no means am I expecting to walk in there and extend this winning streak to four games. But, you know, it should be a fun series and a pretty great pitching, pitching matchup in both of these games and uh, pretty integral for both these teams because the Rangers need to claw their way to 500 and hopefully pass the struggling, I love saying this as often as I can, the very much struggling Houston Astros and claw them, send them to last place in the division. Actually, they're at third place right now oakland is is finally hitting the cliff we all knew they'd fall off which is a real shame because the rangers had a chance if they had taken uh three out of four against houston to put houston in last place in the division even for a day would have been beautiful that would have no. been nice well it sounds like there's a lot of great storylines for the series coming up i'll be in attendance of both the games one as a press member tomorrow night though the phils are doing dollar dog night so i'm gonna Ooh. be there with some buddies crushing some of those and watching the first game of this series so it's gonna be exciting I'm sure it'll be fun, but it won't be as fun as this crossover we did, man. This was awesome. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Hopefully we can have, I don't know, a, a trade that works out better for at least me personally between yeah. the Phillies and the Rangers in the near future. The, Ra- the Rangers definitely got the better end of that Cole Hamels trade. It looks, looks like y'all have got the better end of the Kyle Gibson trade. Um, maybe we'll see best two out of three, and we'll see some other third trade happen in the next couple of years. But, uh, Connor, where can the fine folks listening to Locked on Rangers find you and your work well you can find locked on phillies locked on phillies on youtube you can find us at lo underscore phillies on twitter you can find my own account at connor thomas 975 which you see down there i retweet everything and if you want to listen to me during the week uh, we have an app for the morning radio station i work for 97.5 the fanatic holds the rights for the sixers and the flyers here in philadelphia find me on tv at nbc sports philadelphia as well if you happen to be a rangers fan in the philadelphia area 
can follow me all these places. Oh, wow. Fancy man. Fancy. I didn't realize you were a fancy TV. I knew you were a fancy radio man. I didn't realize I was speaking to TV's own Connor Thomas. My goodness. <laughs> Every once in a while, game. I slipped through the cracks and they, uh, they decided to put me on there. <laughs> oh, well, that is wonderful. Uh, for those of you listening to Locked on Phillies, you can find me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can find the show at Locked on Rangers. We did get dibs uh, because we were here first as opposed to the other Rangers up north uh, in New York. You can also find Locked on Rangers wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, you, if you want to see my work, go to the Dallas Morning News' website. And, uh, you know, I touched some things that are on there. You don't see my name on there, but you just know that I was there. I was there. I had an influence. Um, but y'all, thank you so much. Connor, thank you for joining me. Y'all, thank you so much for making Locked On Rangers and Locked On Phillies your first listen every single day. For your next listen, you know, why don't you make it Locked On MLB? Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully. He brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast on tomorrow's show. I know I'll be talking about this game. I'm sure Connor will be talking about this game with his own perspective. It's a great crossover episode. Connor, thank you for joining me, y'all. Thank you for listening. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball. Wow, that was a fun crossover. Bryce and I had some great talks about this upcoming series with the Texas Rangers, a short two-game series. So we'll see what goes on over the next couple of days. And hopefully, like we were talking about, the Phillies can steal two wins from them. Well, the Phillies can take two wins from them because they're the better team in this one. But we'll see. The Rangers are nice. And so is Bryce for taking time to join us on Lock on Phillies and do that crossover. That's all I've got for you today. I appreciate everything. Make sure you're subscribing, following, liking, rating, reviewing, all that good stuff. You know the spiel by now, but it's important you do it because it helps get myself, Bryce, everyone on the Lock on Network in a better spot to produce even better content for you. So that's all I'm requesting for, uh, well, my services of giving you the best Phillies content on the planet. That's all I've got for you today. And I will speak to you ahead of Rangers-Phillies game one to take a little bit of stock in what the Phillies have done so far this season tomorrow.